Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our co-host and producer, Chris Whitler. Hey, hey. Chris, fresh from Canada. Canada. And, mm-hmm. and the DTS, Discipleship Training with uh, Youth with a Mission. Great time for you up there with young people, right? Yeah, I had a great week. I was teaching a class of... Uh, Samoans, New Zealanders, a girl from Sweden, and a guy from Jamaica. So we had an international cast awesome. up awesome. there. We had a good time talking to him about evangelism. Incredible. Yeah. Well, friends, great to have you with us. And tonight, I think Chris is one of the most unique and special broadcasts we've done here on Lighthouse Live. We're, tonight, we're going to be honoring the life and times of a legend uh, here in the Central Valley, and, and certainly a legend in the broadcasting industry as well. The name is Chester Smith. Now, Chester's now with the Lord, but had a tremendous impact upon the world uh, using the gifts that God has given him. And as we go through tonight, friends, I want you to be thinking about the way that you can use the skills and the gifts that God has given you to be a minister in your marketplace. Again, our our bent here at Advancing Vibrant Communities and Lighthouse Live Radio is to move believers out of the four walls of their homes and churches into the community to be ministers in the marketplace. And, man, if we can do that, we're going to change the spiritual temperature of our communities all across the nation. Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking about ministry in the marketplace and, of course, Chester Smith, a country a Western artist, composer, a broadcasting icon and visionary. He saw an opportunity coming that nobody else really saw at the time and, and uh, leveraged that into a powerful influence. We'll be talking about that and uh, introducing you to our guests in just a moment. Before we do that, you know, friends, we hear about the headlines of Christians all across the world being persecuted, the heads being uh, chopped off, and even here in the United States uh, last week, the incident of a man shooting uh, students who identified themselves as Christian, Bible tells us to make sure that we hold up our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted in prayer. So let's check in now with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What's up? This is Michael Tate with the story of a Jesus freak who was ready for the worst. Pastor Lee knew he was being watched by the Chinese Public Security Bureau. He knew the risk of preaching at the house church, as he did every Tuesday. Pastor Lee had been arrested many times and beaten to the point where he vomited blood. Once he was beaten with his own Bible. He also knew Chinese citizens can be sent to labor camps for up to three years without a trial. So he was ready. He even had a bag packed with a blanket and extra clothing. Still, he preached that night without fear. Sure enough, armed officers burst through the doors and arrested him. Lee was ready. Are you? For more on The Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. Again, Mike Douglas back with you here on Lighthouse Live. Thanks for joining us uh, this evening. And I thought maybe to introduce this, we would uh, go back and do a bit of history. We're going back, I believe, to the year 2000, November. It was either election day or the uh, eve of the election. And on the stage of the Grand Old Opry was the legendary Merle Haggard. And uh, we're going to go back in the time machine now to that stage because Merle Haggard had a very treasured, and wonderful friend to introduce. So let's go back there. Year 2000, stage of the Grand Old Opry. Out in California, before there was Merle Haggard and before there was Buck Owens, and actually before there was a lot of things. 
Would you make welcome one of my friends that has been for many years? He has a long history in country music. He recorded a song that was number one in 1952. His name is Chester Smith. Would you make him welcome this evening? Brother? Thank you, Merle. It was in 1954 that Hazel and I recorded this original song. You're talking about Hazel Hauser? Hazel Hauser. And uh, since then, there have been over a hundred different recordings made of the song. After 46 years, I'm on this stage tonight for the first time, and with a favorite of mine, Merle Haggard. Get a little piece of history there, the song, Wait a Little Longer, Please, Jesus. And I don't know, Chris, in today's environment, I'd be happy if he showed up tonight, you know, <laughs> frankly. Well, friends, we want to take the opportunity to introduce to you two very special friends joining us tonight who are going to give us some history about and insights into this broadcasting icon and very special servant of God, Chester Smith. First, I want to introduce uh, Bill Gillard. Bill, welcome, and uh, thank you. <coughs> your association with Chester, I think, went back to what the the nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy two. Well, and then after that, you always would wave at me or buy me lunch. A, f- a few times he bought me lunch. Yeah, we happened right? to be in the same restaurant. And uh, Chester you... was just a fantastic person. I can tell you that. And, uh, for Jess, Chester was just a very calm man, very easygoing man. Uh, never lifted a voice at anybody. One day, um, someone they have a Portuguese. They had a Portuguese program at this station, KLOC Channel 19, and he had KLOC ch- uh, radio. And I came to see. I said, "Mr. Smith, I'm so and so, and I'd like to get a an hour Portuguese program on Saturdays and Sundays." But you know, I don't have I don't have any marriage experience, and I. Don't have announcements. If you can show me, he says, young man, you can start next week. Is that right, really? (laughs) And uh, then I picked up a lot of sponsors along the way. And uh, that man was just fantastic, you know. He would Mm. uh, guide us through the thing, you know. And then then very times we'd come, he'd ask how everything was going. And and, uh, the other way, you know, and then some of his friends, I used to, uh, some of his friends would come over. At one point, I was happened to be there at the station doing something. He says, oh, come in and let me introduce you to these guys. And I, there's Merle Hager, Buck Owens, and um, uh, the other fellow, what's his name, the, from Hee-Haw? Lee, uh, uh, Clark. Roy Clark. Roy yeah, Clark, yeah. And then uh, they were fantastic, you know. He said, well, they come. I said, well, if you gentlemen come for guidance, you come to a good man. <laughs> uh, because they did. They did. And then uh, a few days later... After the program, a few days later after the program, I talk. I said, Mr. Smith, how was that? He says, well, those are good old boys from back home. And he says, they come sometimes for the guidance. I says, well, you have plenty of it. But prior to that, of knowing Mr. Smith on the radio station, I used to be young, but we used to hear him on KTRB. We had the dairy in, down in uh, Hillmar. And every afternoon we turn on to get the RV to hear Chester singing his band, just in his band. But uh, then through the, through the place, in those days, as you know, they call the honky-tonks. 
there was the sandalwood and a few clubs on Yosemite and stuff, and Chester and his band was always there, you know, and he had a great, great manager and a guy that Chester took care until the end of his life, um, is, uh, is the guy that ran his station uh, for him. Mm. I know I forget the name, you know, when I'm <laughs> trying to think. But uh, Chester was always taking care. I met him prior to that. He came up to the mountains. There was a fellow named, his, I only know his name as Dink. 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 And he took care of a ranch by McSwain to some folks in Merced. And he was from back home where Chester come from. Glenn Stepp was the other man. Glenn mm. Stepp was the man that guided Chester. You know, he used to get all of the sponsors. He says, Chester, we're going to leave the American market. Let's go into the Spanish market. And, I mean, that station was was all the time uh, full of people. Pro, pro, uh, Hispanic program after Hispanic program. And then in a, a Portuguese in between, you know. Well, and, and this, I think, is is part of the, the genius of the man is being able to see down the road mm-hmm. things other people didn't see. Number one, at that time, as, as I recall, UHF was something that, you know, it's like, remember the days when it was only AM radio and FM was like, what's FM? Who's what's on FM? FM? UHF? Are you kidding me? And, and not only UHF, but, but then seeing the opportunity for Spanish-speaking broadcasting, both on television and radio. And Chester saw that way before anyone else. And, uh, again, really, it's a testament to his vision that, I, that I'm sure God gave him along the way and his ability to make it happen. One thing to have the vision, another thing to put the wheels to it. And I think uh, the most important thing I'm picking up from, from you, Bill, and, and your experience with him is just had a, had a big heart and the ability to identify talent and, and, and give people a break and give them some encouragement, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Also with us is, uh, is Chester's wife, Ann Leslie Smith. And, and Ann, I want to do a, a special introduction for you. Uh, so we're not, not to embarrass you in any way, shape, or form, but let's listen to this just for a minute. <laughs> a track called Grandma from a very special CD that you put together with Chester called Captured by Love. Absolutely. Give us a little was, history on that. Yeah, and uh, he's playing guitar on that. He had a certain way of playing guitar, and you can hear it all through, I'd say, the ages that he played. He had a um, just a certain technique and style that, that he played, um, and, it, and he plays it well on that song. And, uh, yeah, we had fun doing that. A lot of the recordings that we did were actually, they weren't on two different um, tracks. We did them together, which, you know, people don't That's unheard there. of today. Yeah, because if you it? make yeah. a mistake, you can't go back and, and uh, erase it out so right. um, or delete it, you know, so. So, friends, tonight, like, talent is busting out of this room. Mus- musicians <laughs> yeah. all over the place. Chris uh, writes his own stuff, a great performer. Now, I, and I admire all of you who... You know, play guitar and, and, and keyboard and such. I play trumpet and French horn because it only requires one hand to do something. <laughs> if I have to do, have my left hand do something different from my right okay. hand, yeah. it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I God never looked at it that, that way. That's yeah, good. Well, it's a bizarre way to look at it, that but it's, good. it's who I am. So I, I stick with brass and you only have to worry okay. about 
one hand, but and Stan also great great guitar <laughs> player and and composer here as there well. And and Stan, you you've had some interaction with Chester over the years as well. So uh, we want to get back to the story though, and 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 uh, take us uh, back a little bit and <coughs> just give us some of your impressions about the giftings that God gave this man and how we use those. Okay. Well, one thing um, that Chester always talked about is he always talked about God. He always referred to God. That was the first thing he did in the morning. I was going to bring his Bible tonight that I have that has actual hand marks on the red leather that are worn out where he, where he used to grab that Bible, you know, every morning. And that was his guide. He said a couple of scriptures that he always said was, um, I do nothing but what I see my father do. And that meant that's it. Those were the rules. You know, God laid down the rules in his life and it's, and I think it, it really plays out in the, in the vision that he had for the Spanish TV. And, and, and that goes with so many things because it did give people a chance that were, um, not, um, serviced. You know, they, they were underserviced. They were not recognized. And they're a nation that has a great, a lot of talent, a lot to give. Um, and who would think that, that the Spanish, Station right now, as far as television is concerned, that Chester later parlayed uh, the radio into the television. But who would think that the number one station in L.A. is Spanish? It's not English speaking; it's Spanish speaking. So, but anyway, he got his inspiration from the Bible, and he had certain verses that were key in his life. You know, and I learned those too. Being with Chester Smith, being married to him was like um, a course in business. Um, you know, a course in in the Bible. I mean, it was it was. Fast and furious it was. It was, it was a time in my life where I was ready for that and I learned a lot from him, you know, to carry on. When he passed away, he said, I said, Chester, what am I going to do? And he goes, honey, you are now me. Like that. He had that <laughs> higher, that higher voice, you know, that higher. And I yeah. said, oh no. So I'm still trying to figure out what that means, you know. My impression, I was only able to meet him once, uh, oh, in his okay. office overlooking downtown Modesto. God probably, probably somewhere around 2000, uh, 2001, I think. And what, what impressed me about him is he was the kind of guy when you're sitting in his presence and you're watching him, you can see the wheels spinning. You know, his, his brain didn't ever seem to be in neutral. He, he was always thinking and, and, uh, and formulating and, and being very, very creative. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that, uh, that creativity. And it, it goes way back. I, I mean, you know, he, he had the, the perseverance to take his songs and start playing them and, and against a lot of odds, he, he got them out there. We talked about one in the 1950s and, and, uh, some of the hits that, that he wrote with, uh, with Helen. I'm blanking on her last name, but, uh, and it was just a, a powerful talent that got kind of released back there in, in, in the 50s. Yeah, Hazel Hauser. Hazel yeah. Hauser, thank yeah. you. Hazel Hauser. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, uh. Um, my fingers don't work, neither does my brain after <laughs> five o'clock. Your brain's working fine. You're, I'm, <laughs> You've got it together here. I'm, I'm impressed that you got that. You pulled that song up of mine, but um, but yeah, Chester, uh, you could see the wheels spinning, and there were a lot of wheels in that head. And he was, he's he was such an example. I wish more people could see that example of that part that that you follow, that you have your rules of the Bible, you follow what God says, and you don't go to the right or to the left. And God will. Uh, it will come to pass. He'll help you, you know, do that if that's the vision that God has for your life. Another thing is, is that he, what I really liked about him is that the fact that, that he did give people a chance that otherwise wouldn't have a chance, you know, and, and that's such a great quality. And in my life, I'd like to carry that on too, and I have been. Um, but something with Chester is I always knew when he was, I could look at him and see, when there was the, when the wheels were going round and round, you could tell, and I gave him space, you know, because I think that when God is revealing something like that, we have to have quiet times in our mm-hmm. life. It can't be all this music going on and, and everything. I think you have to, and he allowed those times. He allowed his quiet times. He told me that there was a time in his life where he just plowed into that Bible, night, day, day, and night. And I could tell by that Bible that he has done that. You know, I mean, the pages are, you've seen pages like that that are just so thin, you know, and worn down that, uh, but he was in it a lot. 
You know, God uses men like that to inspire others. And I'm curious, Bill, uh, going back to uh, your time with him and your relationship, what kind of things did you learn from Chester well, Smith, and I what kind of inspiration did as, he give you? As, as I'm, uh, I'm, I'm an immigrant from the Azores. I came to the United States in 1960 at 13 years old. Mm. And I'm very proud to have lived the American dream. And I would say that Chester, at many times, he would talk about giving and stuff. And I'll tell you one thing, today in my life, I'm retired from the city schools. JP knows me well. I feed every two months, I feed 300 people. I go over to Bearbrook Park and feed the homeless without asking anybody for donations. My family mm-hmm. backs me up 100%. And I remember one time, Giving something, talking about giving something to somebody in, in Chester going like this. He says, uh, when you give to the poor, you give unto God. Mm-hmm. And those are words of state. And, you know, in that way is not saying the thing because we were born and raised Catholic. But we believe in the same God, the Amen. same thing. And, I, and he's the one. And I tell you one thing, I've seen many things in my life. That in certain ways it had some of the things because I've been to a couple of of his things showing you know and he was like I said he was a very impressive man mm. when he came to that and today I'm I'm not following I'm not a rich man but I'm taking care of the poor I don't you know another thing that he told me this came from Chester's mouth don't be afraid because if um, you know there's guys in the street asking for a donation and stuff he says if you give it. Don't be afraid to give. Hmm. He says, because God will always recompense you. And and the other thing is, he says, you never know how God comes. You you might be giving it to God. That's right. Because he comes in many forms without us even realizing. Hmm. And that's something, the stuff that's in my mentality that they do, the kind of talks. We had talks like that many times sitting waiting to go in the radio, you know, and he was... Like I said, I was very impressed with the man, you know, and he was in a lot of things. You know, what what occurs to me is is that scriptural principle that, that Jesus really inhabits some of the most destitute people, people who are in just horrific situations. And when people of God step into those and take Jesus at his word, to love God with everything you have, love your neighbor as yourself, and present your body as, as a sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. God does some amazing things, and I, I believe Jesus is in those circumstances there and just does some, some powerful things. And I think it's a, a great testimony to uh, Chester's worldview. And, uh, you know, that's something I, I think, friends, that, that we're losing so much today is is that Christian-based, that Judeo-Christian <coughs> worldview that says, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice for others. I'm willing to give up some of me in order uh, to see the greater good take place. And I think we can use a lot more of that in our culture. And certainly, uh, Chester was a prime example of that. And 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 Anne, you're you're out there as a uh, as a chaplain, right? With uh... well, I've I started out as a as a chaplain. Okay. Actually, working in the hospitals as a chaplain and. When I was in San Francisco, I said, I want to be in the worst hospital there to see the worst conditions. And so I was in in one, and I saw a lot of things. And then I got asked to be, um, you know, a, a police chaplain, which I knew nothing about, and then also the assistant chaplain for the Giants baseball team. So I kind of moved up the ladder. Then when I married Chester, I did um, less and less because my it was shifting. And then... Um, but now what I've done, especially with the ranch, is I, I took the, the big ranch that, that I have now, and I, I, it's kind of funny because um, I have these guys that are the Christian-based rehab guys. A lot of them are felons, ex-cons, you know. I mean, we're not, there's no shortage on tattoos, you know, and I've, I know all about tattoos now. It's like if you don't have a tattoo, you can't be at my ranch, and they've got to be the real ones. The real ones come from prison. But anyway, I get a kick out of serving that way and, and having – uh, the guys come on the ranch and training them in um, everything from etiquette to cooking to finances mm. to all the things that God has poured into me and says, okay, now show other people how to do this. Plus, plus, you know, the vines, the vineyard, and um, all the irrigation and the landscaping and everything, everything that grows. It's like Chester would call it the Garden of Eden. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't seem that way, but 
that it's a garden of Eden. Cause there's a lot to do, but I've been uh, doing this for about seven years now, and and the guys are they love to come to the, to the ranch, and and it's just a, a different experience for them and and me as well. And you get a chance to interface with them one on one. So you're building life skills, yeah. self esteem. I'm hoping all those yeah. things, right? I'm praying, yeah. yes. I'm yeah. hoping some of it will rub off. You well, know? and I'm sure a lot of <laughs> prayer has to go into that. I mean, that's you know, God yeah. makes the changes in the heart. Oh yeah. So, yeah, oh yeah. Of course, it's not all yeah. Well, Stan, we want to invite you to to jump in. Stan, a local entrepreneur and uh, musician, composer, artist, and uh, give us some of uh, your impressions. Maybe some things that you learned from this. Very talented man. Well, I met <clears throat> I met Chester um, several times. I, I used to I used to deal with uh, I've been in advertising and marketing for a long time, and I used to run into him all the time. And I produced a TV show, and he got a copy of it, and he called me up about it, and he said this this really should be on the air. This should be on TV, and so he referred me to I think he referred me to Gary Cocola. Yeah. And so I contacted Gary, and Gary liked the show, and so I, I got a chance to meet Gary. And Gary's goal was to become a Chester Smith, <laughs> and he ended up owning about 30 different TV signal channels, fr- frequencies, and uh, that was his goal. He he told me that. He oh, said, I know. I want to be Chester yeah. Smith. <laughs> yeah. And so he actually out-Chestered Chester in some respects, yeah. but not really, but... Anyway, and I got to I got to go to a Chester Smith healing service one time. I didn't realize I never put the two guys together, but he was just very humble. I mean, he didn't he was I I had expected a Catherine Kuhlman or or somebody really ostentatious, but he was just very um calmly just pray and but he prayed with faith, mm. believing with no doubt. And I saw in one service, I saw somebody's leg literally grow like an inch and a half right in front of my eyes. He, he said, anybody who is really skeptical, you guys are being, I'm going to welcome you to come up and I want you to get within a foot of this. And I want No you pun to, intended. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Very quick. And literally, uh, I, I was, I was yards away from seeing this and, and it happened right in front of my eyes. So, but it wasn't, he, it was, he wasn't directing attention to himself. A lot of people call it faith, faith healer, but he was just a man of faith, and God did the healing. Mm-hmm. So I was impressed with that. You know, I, I think uh, w- one of the things that, that strikes me, too, and, and we've heard it earlier in the broadcast today, but Stan, you, you just hit it, is, is that personality trait of humbleness, which was certainly one of the traits that Christ <coughs> exhibited for us as well. And, and you were, you were so close to him. Talk to me, uh, talk to us a little bit about that spirit of humbleness amid all this great talent and entrepreneurial skill. Well, and it goes back to those wheels that were spinning in his head because a lot of times it was an inner dialogue with the Lord. So we're like in constant prayer. That's what he was always in constant prayer. So I think that's, where I would say the genesis of the of where the humble uh, behavior came from is that he was always checked in with the Lord in his head, running that dialogue, you know, inner dialogue with the Spirit. He was a big believer of the Spirit, big, big, big believer. Um, and I know that at one of those healing services, this sounds unbelievable, but somebody's somebody came in that was blind, and actually their eye formed right in front of everybody, and the, and there was eyesight restored. Now that's 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 incredible. That's something that people don't believe, you know. But I think from having that inner that inner dialogue, and if we could all get like that, you know, so that we're we're kind of ignoring the world, but having this running dialogue with the Lord going on, checking in with the Holy Spirit, and making sure that um, we're on point with Him, mm-hmm. and those things are going to happen as a result of being so much in communication with Him. And I'd say that's where Chester was. I could see it. You know, I could see it operating in him. And that's fantastic to be with somebody who is like that, mm-hmm. you know, to see that in operation, you know, and then see the results of that, tangible results. I mean, the spiritual ones are great too, but the tangible ones are the things, you know, that's pretty cool, you know. 
Well, and I think too the uh, the opportunity to be a lighthouse to the music industry, especially the the country western yeah. uh, eras. Well, we mentioned some of the you know names that uh, he counted as as friends: Roy Clark and yeah. uh, you know just uh, Merle Haggard and and others. Well, we were at uh, Merle Haggard's ranch when um, Johnny Cash died, and Merle and his wife Teresa were they picked out a scripture from the Bible. The one that says, um, the end of, of one's life is, you know, that scripture, the, what has it go? The end of one's life is more important than the beginning or something like that. And Merle and Teresa were stuck on that scripture. So we went all the way up there, had dinner with them and, and got an opportunity to actually witness with them and bring that scripture into Merle and, and Teresa's life as it would fit into their life. So there were lots of opportunities like that. Chester always had visitors at the office and people, the funny thing is, is that People would come in and, you know, they wouldn't be a, a Christian that, that would be, um, someone that was known as a Christian, but they would come in his office, the door would shut and they would talk about certain, you know, private things that had to do with the Lord. So, so Chester had a ministry inside of his business as well. It was always going on. You know, was, I think his, his relationship with the Lord was so strong that of course it would be like that. The people would be drawn into the office and there was a chance you know, wouldn't it be great to have someone like that in your life that you could always, you know, someone outside of your pastor or something that you could really just talk to that's not related to your church or anything, but just someone that you could trust and go to. And Chester was that person in a lot of people's lives. Mine as well, you know. That's a, that's a, that's a bonus. <laughs> like a marketplace ministry. Absolutely. In fact, uh, Chris, I was about to, to mention one of the, Aints that uh, we have here at Advancing Vibrant Communities is oftentimes looking at very gifted and talented ministers in the marketplace who feel they just aren't released to do what God wants them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, uh, we pastors often tend to pigeonhole people. You want to serve? Great. Yeah, uh, you can be an usher or you can <laughs> sing in the choir or you can teach Sunday school. You know, all, all good things to do. But the powerful stuff happens out there on the streets. Yeah. The powerful stuff happens mm-hmm. there in, in in the communities, and uh, I, I think this is just one of those imp- inspirational stories where I don't think anybody had to tell Chester to do that. He just he just ran with it, and I, I think it'd be a great inspiration for a lot of the people that we're trying to encourage to bless marketplace leaders. Let him go. Yeah, I think you know that example of. Uh, the the boy with loaves and fishes right what what is it that you have like what is in your hand yeah. um i think you know a lot of christians are waiting around for some kind of special thing to happen when really everything they need is right there jesus set the demoniac free and the guy wanted to follow him and he said no go home yeah. Go home. Tell your friends and neighbors what God's done for you. Amen. And right then, he was a missionary. He didn't need to have any other training than to meet Jesus. Amen. And so it's like whatever's in your hand, use that. Let God use that. And I think that's one of the uh, encouragements from tonight. And I would encourage those of you who are, are listening or, or watching to think about this. What do you have? What has God blessed you with that you already have? You don't have to go out and get it. You don't have to get trained for it. What are those internal giftings that God has already given you, your passions, your skills, that you can just let loose with out in the community uh, for for his service? And you don't need to ask permission. Just do it. Get out there and and uh, and do it. I'm uh, uh, thinking and back back to your relationship with, with Chester. And again, I, I'm guessing that probably on on a good morning, if he didn't have a bazillion ideas, it was probably a slow day. You know, <laughs> a lot a lot of God stuff going out on uh, his head. Talk to us a little bit about his ability to encourage and inspire others to achieve. Well, I think that just his demeanor was an encouragement to others as they would see a man who was heavily, I don't know how, he ran that company almost by himself and it was a huge empire. And I don't know, and as he got older, I, he still had the weight of the world on his shoulders and you would, you could never tell that he was burdened by that. I mean, sometimes, but rarely. And I always looked at him and it was inspiring to me to see how could someone be so um, laden 
with all these heavy burdens and mm. and 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 still not react to that, not go under, not be bowled over by it like we get, you know, the stress. Everybody talks about stress, but I never really saw Chester um, uh, in a stressful moment, you know, where he was pulling his hair out and, and shouting and pacing the floor and wringing his hands like that. I never saw that. I saw him go to prayer. He said, just always go to prayer. And I think that serves as an inspiration. Um, he knew what he had. I, I think that I think the I'm not going to say problem. I want to say problem, but I think that what you just mentioned before uh, to use what we all have, what we currently have. Um, I think a lot of times we don't know what we have. I mm. think we need other people to kind of tell us, mm. you know, Great and point. remind yeah. us in such a way like, oh, I didn't see that in me, or that's something that I didn't think about. Um, I think it's always good to have that. I think Chester served as that. He would tell people, you know, you have this good quality in you, and, and coming from him, people ran with that. You know, they're like, yes, it was like being blessed, you know. And um, so he was inspiring in that way. You could have a 10-minute talk with him, and I guarantee you, you would leave that room a different person and on your way feeling good about uh, you know, about God and your position with God, your calling, so to speak. He was just a person who did that. He'd bring out, he'd extract things within you and, and, uh, things that you, you had buried because of various, you know, problems. These are the problems that we have. They tend to, it, it just, it just puts things in the background that the Lord would want us to put in the forefront. And I think Chester was a person who, his inspiration was he could bring that out in you, you know. We often think, Chris, of, of discipling as, oh man, a 16-week course that I have to commit to and then pair up with someone I don't even know. And yeah, uh, really? And, and yeah, this is what Chester Smith was doing. He was yeah. discipling. He was discipling. And uh, I think maybe we can take a cue from that and let God make those connections and run with the passions that we have to encourage others. I don't know about you. Oftentimes, for me, I get so busy, I neglect the opportunity to disciple others and, you know, God help them for what they might learn from me. But, you know, <laughs> assuming that there's something that could be learned, you know, but we do need to take those opportunities, don't we? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that is the function of the body of Christ. I think we, we put our faith in experts, mm-hmm. but we're called mm-hmm. to be a family. We're called to be brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So uh, we don't need to call an expert to pray for us. We just need to call a friend. And um, taking those little moments to uh, keep encouraging one another towards love and good deeds. Amen. J.P. Hurlbert, I can tell you got a thought here. Go ahead. I just wanted to ask Anne how she met Chester and a little bit about before you met him, you know, a little bit about your life, uh, who you were, who is Anne Leslie? Well, it's, I'll try to keep it real short here, but I, um, was in San Francisco and had a pretty high life and, um, it was a model and, and you would call me a socialite. And so I think the Lord says, and, you know, I'm going to show you both sides of, 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 of the world. So you show me the world. And then after the, I, after I got done with that, I said, well, that didn't work. You know, here's a person that had just about everything. And I said, wait a minute, that doesn't work. So I thought, you know what? I gotta go back to God. And, um, I served, I decided to study the Bible and get a degree and, um, and really hit the streets and serve Him. And so that's where the chaplaincy came up and, uh, counseling and, oh my goodness, I was just being squeezed by, uh, by God and, and, um, for about 12 years. And then I was at the Presidio because I was setting up a program for the national, um, Park Service and also the United States Park Police, which is the elite part of the of, of uh, law enforcement that watches the president and all the the White House and everything. There's about two thousand of them, but it's based in San Francisco in the Presidio there. So I was talking to the major there about becoming a chaplain for that <coughs> and National Park Service because they don't they weren't represented by chaplaincy, and so I went over there and we were in the process of doing that. Well, one day I went there and going to have the final meeting with the major, you know, and in my life it was going to be, oh, good, I'm going to be the first, you know, chaplain here. And and it just didn't turn out that way because the major wasn't there. He was down at a horse show. And so I was asked, do you want to go to the barbecue and the horse show? So that's where I ended up. Long story short, I was touring the uh, places where the horses were all um, braided and they had flowers in their manes and everything. And 
at one of the barns, and there was a woman there that saw me in my uniform, and I had to wear a, a, a clerical collar with my police uniform, and I had that on. And the woman said, what are you? And I said, well, I'm a police chaplain. And she goes, well, are you a woman of God? And I said, well, I hope I am. <laughs> and uh, she says, okay, well, in so many words. She says, I have somebody I'd like for you to meet. And I said, oh, no, no, please. I'm on my way, you know, to setting up these programs. And she says, no, honey, just please give me your number. She was quite persistent, and so I gave her my number, and she actually, she and her husband picked me up and drove me to Modesto and introduced me to Chester at his office, where he had just released that song, I Want to Live and Love. Oh, is that right? And that's when I met him. He says, he just cut to the chase and says, come on in, you got to hear this song. And, and, and then he says, I hear you sing, Anne. And I said, I do. And he goes, well, will you sing with me at this uh, event that he had to do about two weeks later? Well, I've been singing for a long time and playing, so I guess that I was ready for that moment, you know. So we sang, and that's basically how how it unfolded. So from the beginning, you made beautiful music together. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, yes, it's always nice. If you're a singer, it's always nice to be with somebody that sings and plays guitar, right, Stan? Yeah. I mean, it really you, you can harmonize with somebody, and and I love that. Amen. You know, I love that. And then the Bill, you have a thought thing, Mike, that Anne probably knows. Chester impressed everyone with a Bible, and with his you know, believe in God. But Chester, you would not believe how much the country music owes that man. Mm. That mm. man, after coming to California, we did in the 50s. You wouldn't be surprised. I remember a couple calls, and probably knows, but maybe not, of being in his office, you know, at the TV station, and his secretary, Kathy, I remember Kathy, says, uh, Chester, Chester, Porter is on the telephone. Porter Wagner used to call him for a thing. And he told me, wow. he says, Porter Wagner. Do you know Porter Wagner? He says he sings with that little blonde. <laughs> I remember yeah. Chester telling me. But Porter Wagner, Jolly. he says, it isn't. And it isn't just, he says, in a few. He says, they, they used to look for him. They used to look at Chester for a thing in California. Because believe it or not, Mike, you know, Ann's a lot younger than me. I'm an old man. But Chester was the life of Modesto, of this country western music mm. in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. I mean, if you hear country western, hey, Chester Smith is playing at this place, he's playing at that place. Yeah. Chester was, and he always had good musicians with him. Yeah, absolutely. He Saw the talent there yeah. as well. He was very. Uh, Al P- uh, Bob Pinero, ex-FBI agent of Modesto, Knows him better than anybody else. He's the one that used to work for KTRV after his wee hours. He lived in the radio station. Is that right? Yeah, and uh, him and and Chester were like this due to the fact, you know, of the country music. And another one that Anne probably knows, that Chester Chester had a thing. He had faith in you. You were his friend for life. Mm -hmm. He's the man that made your house, uh, Fernando Oliveira. Mm -hmm. You know Mr. Oliveira? Mm -hmm. Well, I you need to call him up. Is he still around? Yes, he's still around. <laughs> <laughs> still, but for now, somebody write that down. <laughs> when he wrote, when he built his home over at the river road, I yeah. remember Fernando. Fernando All put right. his stop on for two years. He had the Chester's project came before anything else. Well, well you know, speaking of the river, um, you know what's in Riverbank right now? There's that picture of him that somebody painted and it's mounted. It's right. Down on, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's the old part of Riverbank. But he's pictured there with KTRB, mm-hmm. with with Hank Williams Senior, mm. not Junior. Wow. And it's that that famous picture. I still have the picture, but somebody made an oil painting out of it, and it's sitting right there. So it's funny because whenever I have somebody in town, I always say, "Do you want to see a picture of my husband?" And I take him by there, and they're, and I they say, "Who is that?" I said, "That is Hank Williams Senior," because those people used to come oh, yeah, to the to Riverbank. Um, together, and Hank Williams Senior. Introduced Chester in Bakersfield at one time. Wow, that's I that's, him talking. that's. I know. I wish that's more people would know about you know. this, but he, no, I. Uh, yeah. The life and story. When Let's JB get it going. Asked me, I said uh, I will be happy to do because I lived the life and story of Chester Smith. I knew the type of man that he was. Yeah. That's well, there's great. quite a few and, songs on YouTube. Just I, I had fun this afternoon. Just uh, oh yeah, yeah, g- kind of going down the YouTube rabbit trail of of the oh, records. Yeah. 
A lot of people put records up. Uh, yeah, oh, I you know. Can listen, yeah, listen. I know. Yeah. Well, I have one of his albums that says "The Dynamic Hillbilly." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he was very. And proud he, of um, that. oh yeah, but and then I, I found um, some of his songs. I found a, a compilation of songs that he must have done when he was very young. Very young. Then he never mentioned to me. He mentioned one of them to me, and I found. I have it in my purse, but um, these songs are great, and I'm going to take the songs to um, a guy in San Jose who's an expert at bringing back this kind of music, and he loves it, so there might be a possibility of, of this music hitting the scene again, you there know, with the no message one. in it, and that's what I love is and that message. And there was no one <laughs> that was so proud of carrying his heritage yeah. in Kendra West and everything else, didn't oh, yeah. you? And then you're husband yeah. Yeah. Well, there was also a miracle with him, you know, coming from Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl, and there was a huge miracle that happened in his family. So it was all, you could see God's, the correlation of God in his life in a tangible way. The, 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 the way the Holy Spirit worked in his life. Uh, it's just, it just was always apparent, dotted in his life, painted in his life. And what a, what a great legacy. You know, as what you, a, as you well know, as you well know, I'm gonna, you know, uh, Merle Haggard is a great country western singer. But the man on his right hand was always Chester Smith. Mm. Mm. He Amen. Gave lot, he gave a lot of life to Merle Haggard, let oh, me tell yeah. you. Well, we yeah. spent a, quite a bit of time talking about, uh, in, in the last couple of minutes, his country music. And we're going to take a, a listen to a, a song, I think, that it was originally uh, penned by uh, Earl Tubbs, I think, in the around 1950 or so. So let's just take a few minutes and listen to this tribute to Chester Smith in his own voice. Give me a little old-fashioned love The kind that lingers through the years The kind that's made by God above Give me a little old-fashioned there's a way of life few will ever find It's a love that's lived above the rest And only two can share its secret ways As the people passing by will call it blessed But it's really just an old-fashioned love the kind that lingers through the years The kind that's made by God above Give me a little old-fashioned be a little wedding band That circle that signifies there is no end To a love that can never go astray Simply stated, it's the Christian way But it's really just an old-fashioned love kind that lingers through the years The kind that's made by God above Give me a little old-fashioned love Yes, 
Old-fashioned love uh, against Chester Smith. Western. Wasn't that great? The real country western. <laughs> that's it. Real country. And, and that's a lot of his guitar work there, that right? That is. You oh. can hear it. And just absolutely fantastic. Very, very, uh, very important. Uh, want to, uh, before we close today, maybe uh, just put a thought into your minds as uh, we prepare to close our session tonight. What words of encouragement would you give to budding artists? People with dreams, Christians who feel, man, I feel I've got a lot to give, but I'm just not being used or just not being asked. If you were Chester Smith, having been discipled by him in, in the various ways you have, what advice would you give people today on behalf of Chester Smith to go for it and to keep Christ at the center of their lives? And uh, maybe we, we can start with Anne with that. I would think that that they need to be encouraged, number one, and say that that gift that they want to, that is inside of them and they want to get that out, um, that that comes from God, and that you're more or less, you have to get that out. You, and pray for a breakthrough and, and go after your breakthrough. You know, you have to put wheels on this and you have to get the, the wheels on the road to make it happen and do that, even if it's scary. If, it's, if it makes your hands sweat and everything, then you're on the mm. right path. Mm. Don't be afraid. Yeah. He wasn't afraid, was he, to take the risks, to do something nobody else was doing, to have a vision for things people thought, what? Oh, yeah, no. And I think that is the, that's the, that's the condition that you have to be in in order for big things to happen in your life. You have to have all that people going against you. People think, you know, you're crazy, that sort of thing. I mean, and, and, I mean, you can't be really, really super radical, but I think that that's the, the, the bowl that all those things have to be present. In order for you to make it, mm. you have to be honestly, in motion. Yeah, God doesn't steer parked cars. Yeah, right. That yeah, but it, if someone isn't saying, you know, we're looking at you with like this, then mm. you know, you have to kind of ignore that. As, you know, like in the Bible, it says, ignore their faces, just go forward and do it. You know. Yeah. Amen. Great point, Stan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, oftentimes we we shift into neutral, and and a lot of our culture right now is encouraging shifting into neutral mm-hmm. and letting somebody else do it. It's so important to, e- even if it's not where you end up, at least take that first yeah. step and and keep Christ at the at the center of I your. I think thoughts. we're we're we've become a nation of watchers and viewers. I think we need to actually go out and. Dance under the stars instead of just sitting there watching it. Mm. Somebody mm. once said that Christianity is not a spectator sport. It should yeah. not be. Amen to that. Amen to that. Bill, what words of encouragement? Chester encouraged you, and and look what he, he, he did. did. He, he's, uh, I use a lot of his encouragement and things, and I would say anybody that wants to follow their dream. And my advice is, I love country western. I love. God, I love helping people and uh, doing things for people. But I would, you know, I would recommend them listen to some of these older songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get away from the modern stuff. The modern stuff just is not, a lot of this modern stuff on TV today, it doesn't show you anything. There's a lot of them that show, they come with a certain Christianity, but to me, they're phony. Mm-hmm. That's the true Christianity, which you played here today, and talking about the man that was a true icon. Mm. on that that's my feeling i I think that that you need to not make sure that you don't let other people steal your dream because there's dream stealers out there on every corner and and they're well-wished they're well-meaning they really want the best for you they don't realize that they're literally sucking your dream right out of you (laughs) and they're not trying to they're trying to encourage you they're trying to help you to become realistic but but you know what? When God gives you a dream, when He gives you a vision, I gave realistic up for Lent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think there's a, there's a great uh, pearl of wisdom, a great nugget there, Stan. That sometimes people will, with the best of intentions, start redefining the vision that God has given you, and, and suddenly it has nothing to do with with where He thought He was taking you. Hey, Bill. You know, Mike, I'm gonna I'm, I agree with Stan on that. If you follow your dream, follow your dream. Because as Ann knows very well, Chester followed his dream, but he didn't go to the listening to these. He did it on his own. He didn't have these managers. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing they do, somebody comes up with a dream. It's got a good thing. There comes these 
wildcats, these managers, the one bean that, counters. Bean, they want to take it away from you. Do it on Lawyers. your own. Do it on your own because I believe, and Ann probably would agree with me, Chester, from the years that I know and came to this country, he did that on his own. He never mm. presented himself with managers and the thing is, like Ann said, was his wheels turning. That's what I'm going to do. I've got the faith. I'm going to do it. Yeah, try it sometime. Just try it. If there's something you're afraid of doing, you be afraid. I tell you, just try it. You'll be surprised. Just try it. Yeah, you will be. It will, you will be. God's full of surprises. We know that. Uh-huh. Yeah, amen. And, um, yeah. A lot of times we, we talk about dreams, too, in terms of, well, I want to be famous or I want people to know my name or I want to be wealthy. But I, I have right here next to me a man whose dream is to feed 300 people. And that's a dream, right? That's a tough that's not an easy thing to do, but um, uh, I was as you guys were talking, and it seemed like Chester was this kind of a guy. Um, there's a quote from Robert Browning where he says, "Man's re man's uh, man's reach should go beyond his grasp, mm-hmm. or what's heaven for?" Mm-hmm. And it's like to try those things that are beyond us. Like if we don't try for those things that are beyond us, then God can never do. Like if we only do the things we can do, God will never do it, what he can do, right? So, um, yeah, it's to, to reach for those things that are, uh, that are beyond us. Feeding 300 people would, well, this, would, would be beyond us, but, but God can meet you there, right? No, I help. God has always been with me yeah. on that. I mean, and I don't, uh, what I, what I see mostly on that, and like, uh, I don't know, the you see this, you see the children, you get to that park. You start your barbecue, mm-hmm. and you got meat, you got chicken, and those little kids come up to you, the the tears in their eyes, said, thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is, uh, th- we, we were going to have rice and beans, but you come in here, we get to taste the meat, we get to eat. That right there gives me the joke. Okay, now. That is the most written riches that I got. Where are these barbecues? Mm-hmm. We yeah. want to go. Wait for the next one. Well, <laughs> on the third week of this month, I'll be at Beerbrook Park on okay. Church in the Park on Sunday morning, feeding them at 9 o'clock. But awesome. you have a little preview tonight. Oh, we do. After well, we're tonight here. is just salad. Chicken salad that you Well, order. that's a start. <laughs> yeah. So we get to partake tonight thanks to Bill Murray. I am yeah. Yeah. Why don't you take that salad, hold it up to the microphone so yeah. that everybody can oh, see right. it. Mm, Bill, yeah. thank you. Mm. Thank you. Chris, as uh, as we conclude here, maybe if we can ask you just just to pray for those who may be listening tonight who feel frustrated, stuck, shifted into neutral. Perhaps some people are trying to redefine their dream that that God gave them. Uh, Would you you pray for them, Chris, and and just pray for uh, God's boldness and his blessing and his creativity to break out Mm -hmm. in new ways? Yes. Thank you, God, so much for uh, bringing us around this table tonight. And uh, I want to pray for us in the room right now and for those who may be listening all around the world right now or who are listening uh, to a later recording of this. Um, God, it's no accident that you uh, had us listen into this conversation. God, thank you for the example of those who have gone on before us that have used their lives to uh, serve and be an encouragement, to bless and to lift others up. God, make us into those people too, in our sphere, in our world, uh, in, in, in and with the people that are uh, around us. God, I pray that you would lift up our communities, that you would lift up our homes and our families. And for those who are feeling stuck, for the ones who feel that they don't have a place, God, you are the one who opens doors. So we pray for open doors, for creativity, for your blessing and your grace to rest on us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Chris. Friends, you've been listening to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Our thanks to our co-host, producer, Chris Whitler. And and Bill, thank you for being with us. And thank you so much for making the trip. And Stan, thanks for sitting in with us, JP. And and we've got also a, a video crew here as well. Thank you for being with us. Friends, if you're looking for ways to serve, we would love to help facilitate that. Go to our website, vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. 
pretty much any day of the year. There's somewhere between 200 to 400 opportunities to serve. And if you don't live in the Central Valley, we'll be happy to help you start a ministry like this in your area to really get believers out of the four walls of their homes and churches into the community to start building relationships and build the spiritual temperature of our communities. Again, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. And uh, as we leave this tonight, we're going to be listening to Chester and Jim's Boogie. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you all. <laughs>